Welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peacock. Today's show is brought to you by Gymdesk, the easiest gym management software you'll ever use. Take payments, create marketing automations, track attendance, and much more. To try the software out free, go to gymdesk.com. No credit card or painful sales call required. Our hero today is Jessica Blassengame owner of Beam Financial Group and a CPA. Jessica specializes in helping small businesses set up effective financial systems. And today she reveals to us how to properly do bookkeeping for fitness-based businesses. She then walks us through practical tips for record keeping and accounting and dispels several common myths about taxes. Without further ado, Jessica Blassengame. All right. Well, welcome to the Gym Heroes podcast, Jessica. Please introduce yourself um, and give us your background in business and finance. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Josh. Um, yeah. So my name is Jessica Blassengame. Um, I run a company called Beam Financial Group, and I'm a CPA and I'm also a QuickBooks expert. And we basically work with our clients to set up their financial systems so that they have a mechanism for tracking their numbers so that tax time is very easy and also so that they're more connected to what's going on with their business, you know, so you can make proper decisions. You're informed. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, that's what I do. Cool. Um, so we're, that's really what we're going to be talking about today is a lot around bookkeeping and accounting and things like that. So let's talk about bookkeeping first. What should fitness businesses or even small businesses in general, what, what should they be tracking for the purposes of their own accounting and yeah. what are what are the best practices around bookkeeping? Yeah. So one thing I see with small business owners that happens a lot is they're looking at their cash flow. So, you know, they're mm-hmm. logging in, looking at their bank account and sort of managing things from there. But cash flow is very different than profit. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of reasons why it's really important to understand your profit. And it's just surprising to me how many business owners aren't even tracking their profit. So that's the first thing you want to get set up is is being able to see what your profit is. And profit is just all of the income you collect minus all of your business expenses. That shows your profit. Um, And that that number is important to make decisions off of. It's also important for tax purposes because you're you're taxed on your profit. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think you're taxed on what you pay yourself or what you draw out of the business, but you're actually taxed on just the profit number from your business. So Mm -hmm. that's the first step is we always want to get business owners having a way to track their profit. And that can be done, you know, very simply in Excel. You could just be tracking, if you're small, you could be tracking, you know, what income you collect and what you what you spend on business expenses. Um, I'm a big proponent of getting into QuickBooks sooner rather than later because it just makes your life a lot easier. There's a lot of automation you can set up so that, you know, things are happening, happening automatically. Um, so never too soon to get into QuickBooks. And then, you know, you're connecting your bank accounts and all the transactions are funneling in. And you can start to get to that profit number very quickly, mm-hmm. um, which is always good. Awesome. Cool. Um, so we, so we, we have an idea of what, what we need to be looking at. Is there, are there any other things that, that are good to track like purchases, receipts, things like that? Yeah. For all of your business expenses, you want to be saving your receipts and that can be done pretty simply. You could just 
snap a picture of it, load it into Dropbox, or you can load it directly into QuickBooks. Um, QuickBooks even has some features that help you organize your receipts. Mm. Uh, but the, the most important thing is that you're saving those receipts. Even if it's paper receipts and you're putting them in a, you know, a file and you're organizing them some way, you just mm-hmm. need to make sure you have them because if you were ever audited, they're going to ask you to prove it. You know, you got to yeah. prove that you had that expense. And a lot of people will ask, can I just save my you know, credit card statements? It needs to be a step more than that. It needs to be the actual receipt because okay. the IRS would want to see that it's a business expense, not just, yeah. you know, like if you went to Whole Foods and bought some food for your team, they want to see like, they want to see that clearly. They don't want to just see the charge from Whole Foods. Yeah. So very important to save all your receipts. Um, from an income perspective, you just, again, you want to be able to prove that. So if you have invoices that you're sending or, you know, you have a system that you're tracking income in, um, you just want to be able to like validate those income transactions. Yeah. What if you, if you took pictures of your receipts, would that mm-hmm. count or do you need that physical yeah. copy? Okay. Yeah. Picture is fine. Just, just so keep a picture. Cool. And you know, all of the information. Does yeah. QuickBooks let you upload those pictures? To, yeah, to they do. Yeah. You can upload, you can even set up an email address where you could forward your receipts and they just go directly into QuickBooks. That's the easiest way. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. But I mean, I simply just like put them in Dropbox. I just have a couple folders that help me organize them and mm-hmm. I'll just take a picture and, you know, pop it in that folder. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be fancy. Yep. Yeah. I definitely. Okay. So, QuickBooks seems like it's really helpful. It does a lot for you. Mm-hmm. Um, can you run the business off of QuickBooks or is it advisable to also hire a bookkeeper? Yeah. Um, usually, I think you can start out doing QuickBooks yourself. Um, if you're small, you know, you're very mm-hmm. small, maybe you don't feel comfortable with the expense to a bookkeeper yet. Um you know, a lot of my clients, they start out that way. First mm-hmm. year or two of business, they're managing QuickBooks themselves. Once it starts to get, you know, where they have a lot of transactions and they don't want to be spending their time doing that anymore, that's the point where they usually hire a bookkeeper and outsource that function. Um, it's always a good idea if you can afford it to get it off your plate because that's usually most business owners, it's not their specialty. You know, they want to be out like generating business. They want to be you know, for fitness professionals, you're you're probably trying to get clients or you're working with clients. So it's not really where you want to focus. So never a bad idea. Of course, it has to make financial sense, but never a bad idea to outsource that. Yeah. Yeah. If it starts to... That's a good rule of thumb. If it starts to suck your time away from things that are, that yeah. are probably more important than just tracking your expenses... Then that's yeah. probably a good good time to, yeah, to hire. Yeah, as out. a business owner, you're usually specialized in what you're doing, right? So mm-hmm. it's better use of your time to be focused on those activities. Absolutely. So I did. I consulted for a bookkeeping agency several years ago, and they what they told me was on the marketing end because I'm not in finance. Um, they what they told me is that they've stepped in with businesses that had other bookkeepers and account accountants that did. A really not a good job. <laughs> like it just yeah. even in they they are like QuickBooks certified and all that, and they still did not do a good job. So this is more a little more off the cuff, but uh, what what should a sm- small business owner look for in a good bookkeeper? Yeah, I think a lot of business owners, and I've had a lot of people come to me and same story. They're like, my books are a mess. The person messed up my books. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't have the right expertise. Um, and business owners get in trouble because like, how do you know, you know, you're not a tax specialist, like you're not a bookkeeping specialist. How do you know when things are going wrong? Um, 
I think it's important to look for, start by looking for qualifications. Um, mm-hmm. I always, I mean, I'm a CPA, so I may be biased, but I think it's a good idea to look for a bookkeeping firm that's led by a CPA. So maybe the CPA is not doing all the bookkeeping, but they're at least overseeing it. Like that's what we do in our firm. Mm-hmm. Like I oversee everything. I'm, I'm checking everything. So someone else might be doing the bookkeeping, but I have the final review. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that can be really good to look for because I see a lot of people that they'll work, you know, directly with the bookkeeper. And that person, you know, basically knows what they're doing, but they don't have the higher level expertise. So things are falling through the cracks. Um, that's one thing to look for. Also, making sure they understand your industry. You want to see that that bookkeeper has experience with your industry because there, there is nuance by industry, you know? So if you can find someone like fitness professionals, find someone that's used to working with fitness professionals or has several fitness professional clients. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, also you can read the reviews. Obviously that's always a good idea. Um, like QuickBooks has a pro advisor website. It's I think it's just called find an accountant. So you can look people up and, and see a bunch of reviews and make sure, you know, <laughs> those people are happy with that person. Um, yeah, that's, those would be my big three things. Cool. Yeah, that, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, so what are, what are some common pitfalls that small business owners usually fall into when yeah. they start being more organized, I guess, about bookkeeping? Yeah. So the number one thing I think is just that business owners aren't seeing their numbers. They don't have a regular practice for reviewing their numbers. And when I say numbers, I mean, you need to be looking at at least a basic profit and loss report every month, ideally also looking at a balance sheet that's getting into a little more accounting detail, but being in touch with your numbers and a lot, and just maybe getting a little bit of training around that, because I think a lot of business owners, they'll tell me, you know, I looked at my profit and loss and don't really know what I'm looking at. What am I supposed to be, you know, calling out with like, what am I doing here with this profit mm-hmm. and loss, you know? <laughs> um, so it helps to get just a little bit of training. And that's like the same way I train my team. I'm, you know, I'm showing them what should you be looking at each month? There's ways to kind of analyze that are very easy that will help you call out issues or will help you make decisions, or you can kind of identify trends that are happening with your numbers. Um, so we're always just trying to get people a little more connected and more comfortable with looking at their numbers each month. Um, that also helps you identify what your taxes are going to be. So if, you, if you're looking at your profit and loss, you know, you see that profit number and you can estimate what your tax liability is going to be. That also helps you pay your estimated tax payments, which I'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. But Again, so that's a big pitfall. Business owners just aren't connected to their numbers. And a lot that happens a lot of times because they're just too busy or mm-hmm. they're a little scared to look at their numbers, you know, because you don't know what you're going to see <laughs> in the beginning of running a business, you know, or they don't know what they're looking for. So never a bad idea to just do a little bit of training or work with a professional. So you just have some guidance and you know, you're sort of set up for success. Um, and also with that is setting up the right system. So, you know, I've mentioned QuickBooks several times, you know, making sure you have a little training in that software so you know how to use it. And that could be an hour of training. It's not a huge investment, but you have, you know, you have a system in place that's tracking your finances that can produce reports for you so that you can look at those monthly. Um, That's really important. I also see a lot of pitfalls with um, business owners not understanding their tax obligations. Mm -hmm. And um, that. Again, if you can 
you know, do a simple training or even if you want to Google it and look it up, but you know, have to have a basic understanding of what your obligations are. You know, like small business owners have to make estimated tax payments. So they're paying throughout the year instead of paying all at the end of the year. Um, So that's something that business owners miss a lot and then they can get penalized for that. So just knowing that you have to make those payments is the first step. And then knowing a little bit how to calculate those payments is important. And it's not that complicated once you know, you just know that you need to do it. You know, it's like running a small business that you sort of get thrown in there. There's no like manual or. Yes. (laughs) Um, So you don't even know what you don't know. Right. But it's, you know, it's, it's hard. And I mean, I, I struggled with the same thing. I came out of corporate accounting, which is very different than small business accounting. When I started my business, I was learning all of this stuff as I went and it was complicated. So yeah, I mean, that's one thing, estimated tax payments, knowing what you can deduct, you know, your basic business deductions, that's important. Um, you know, if you have other tax liabilities, some people are selling products, so they have sales tax they have to pay. Um, you know, just work with a professional or do a training or something, get some guidance around it just in the mm-hmm. beginning. We have very low investment, but just so you're, you know, set up and you won't get any tax penalties or surprises down the way. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. I, I, when I did that, same thing happened to me. Uh, I was working for a company teaching martial arts. The mm-hmm. company closed down. I still had students that want to train with me and I wanted to open up. So I did. Found yeah. a location. I opened up. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I'm a business owner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know anything about taxes. I don't know how to yeah. calculate it. I don't know. So I'm like, the information is not easy to find. <laughs> no, it's really not. <laughs> and really I don't not. like, I think I was o- operating for three months before I realized that I needed to get this thing from the county to, in order to run a fitness business, like certificate yep. of authority or something. But yeah. So yeah. definitely. Um, and I couldn't really afford to like talk to a lawyer or anybody. So, <laughs> I know. Uh, but, but yeah, do you, do your research. Um, yeah. and, uh, I do. I am curious because because QuickBooks is so helpful and it does so much for you. Are there any helpful like integrations with QuickBooks that can kind of save you time pulling yeah. in that information? Yeah. Um, let's see. So there's a bill pay app, and and a lot you can do a lot of that through QuickBooks directly now. I and mean, a lot of the integrations that you, you know the apps used to integrate with QuickBooks, they're now like part of QuickBooks. There's like a time tracking <laughs> feature. You know. If you yeah. Have People that are working for you need to track their time. They can do it directly in QuickBooks now. Um, paying bills, that used to be a separate app. And now you can just pay bills directly through QuickBooks and come straight out of your account. Um, collecting like invoices, you know, getting paid. You can get paid directly through QuickBooks now, which is really nice. Um, there are like receipt tracking apps that you can set up through QuickBooks. But again, like QuickBooks kind of does that on its own. Um, There are, you know, if you're going into, like, if you have a shop, you know, you run a gym and you have a shop um, and you want to track inventory, there are apps that you can connect in QuickBooks for tracking inventory. Um, Let me see. What else do we use? Um, I mean, there's pretty much an app for anything. So if you're kind of specialized and you want to connect, QuickBooks is great for that reason because it's kind of like an iPhone. It's like... Mm -hmm. You can use Android, but you, you may have less access to some of the apps, you know, like QuickBooks pretty much works with every app that's out there right now. Yeah. So that's kind of the nice thing about QuickBooks online versus, you know, there used to be the the desktop version is it's yep. supposed to be customized. You're supposed to sort of plug in these apps for your business. So it's a lot more simple. The, the software is simpler, but then you, you can build it out like however you want. Cool. Almost like 
Salesforce is kind of like that too. Yeah. But yeah, for, yeah. but for like client relationship management and all that marketing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, cool. So I guess we can, let's transition to small business taxes. That's a bit of a black hole, I think. Yeah. And like I was saying before, I was like, I had no idea what I was doing with it. Yes. And, um, I think I was probably late a bunch of times on sending in my <laughs> estimated taxes. Yeah. So how should, uh, how should small business owners approach doing their taxes? What can help make things smoother? Yeah. So I think it's a good idea for business owners to work with the tax accountant. Um, you know, a lot of tax accountants aren't that expensive if they're mm-hmm. just doing like, a, you know, pretty simple business return, maybe a personal return as well. Um, a, a tax accountant will usually help you navigate the estimated tax process. They're going to tell you, you know, approximately what you need to pay. If they're good, they're going to tell you what to pay each quarter. They're going to help you calculate it. Um, if your business is changing a lot, you know, those those payments can change. Um, so they're usually going to help you navigate that process. Um, if you're doing it on your own, you, it's totally doable too. We usually just say a simple way to estimate your estimated taxes is to take 25% of your profit and just do that each month. So look at your profit and loss each month, take 25% of your profit, funnel it into a savings account. So it's there, you know, you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about how am I going to pay this tax liability? It's there for you. And then you go you know, to make your estimated tax payment and you just pull it out of your savings account and make it um, based off 25% of that quarter's profit. Um, as far as the dates to make estimated tax payments, I think this is where business owners get tripped up a lot because they're not, they don't make sense. <laughs> yeah. um, you think they would just be every three months, like, you know, after the quarter ends, but they're different. So it's like, there's one in April and then there's one in June, there's one in September, and then there's one in January. So that if you want those dates handy, I usually say, you know, just Google, um, 1040 ES that's the, you know, 1040 estimated tax payment. And if you look in those instructions, there's a listing of the dates. So just take a screenshot of those dates, plug them into your calendar, and then you know exactly when you need to make those payments. Um, And you already have your stuff set aside in savings, so Mm -hmm. it should be pretty easy. You can just make an electronic payment for estimated taxes. You don't have to file a return or anything. The IRS just basically wants their money. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So that's that's for federal. Um, That's for federal. State's probably going to be different. I remember in South Carolina, uh, I made payments every month. Oh, you did? You had to make them every month? At the end of every month, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Every state is different. Um, Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm in California. So Mm -hmm. in California, we do do have state income tax. So you would have to also make a payment to the state. It's a very similar process. Um, It's obviously a lower percentage. You're not going to pay 25% to your state. So it's going to vary by every state. But you're going to pay a small amount usually to whatever your tax board is for the state. Mm-hmm. California's franchise tax board. Um, so yeah, that's, that's important to think about too. Yeah. So, um, that's one, that's one of the things that really tripped me up because when I was looking at incorporating or organizing, I settled on an LLC and the LLC is a pastor entity and you're supposed to be tacked on your, on your income. So I took that as, uh, I did not do the, when I was calculating my taxes, I did not put in my costs and take the profit and tax the, oh. and I calculate it based on the profit. I calculate it based on my total income. Oh yeah. So you're paying way too much, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Yeah. yeah. And that's really common. Um, I see, you know, I'm on TikTok and I see a lot of people on TikTok saying, oh, I took this percentage of my income. And I think it gets confusing because profit is also called net income. So mm-hmm. a lot of people will sort of abbreviate it and say income, but it's, it's no, it's profit. And then a lot of business owners are funneling all this money away into a savings account too much. And yeah. then they're not even using it in their business. It's like, well, you don't have to set aside that much. So I'm glad you mentioned that because that does happen a lot. It is, you do want to take out your business expenses. Yeah. If you're, if you're new to business, some of these terms can be, Yeah, you know, if you're in business, you use them and everybody knows what you mean. But if you're new to business, yeah. you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I so know. You could misunderstand it pretty easily. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of, you know, misguidance out there. Um, I see people all the time giving bad, bad tax advice or, you know, they're just business owners advising other business owners and it's completely wrong. So it's, it's good if you can listen to someone that has either, you know, CPA or an EA, that's an enrolled agent. They're Mm -hmm. licensed to prepare taxes. Someone that has expertise in, in the tax realm, you know? Yeah. And you have to be careful searching on Google for articles because the articles that are going to rank high in Google, some of them are just kind of like content farm stuff and it's very general and it might not actually be accurate. It might not be yeah. useful to you. Um, it could get you in trouble. So, yeah. um, and it's so specific to you, your personal circumstances, like yeah. how your business is set up, or you know, LLC, or if you're some other form, everything has to be considered. So, this general advice is never really a good idea to take. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> are there are there any good resources for people you can reach out on an informational level, just to ask questions? I mean, your website maybe, or another website yeah. that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my my website, I have some blog articles, kind of a lot about these basic concepts, right? Like estimated mm-hmm. taxes or setting aside for, you know, setting into your savings account for taxes or, you know, a lot of those introductory small business topics. Um, let's see, other good resources. Uh, the IRS is, is a little hard to interpret, but mm-hmm. um, sometimes I just send people to the instructions. So if you know what your business type is, there's a tax form associated with it. So if you know that tax form, you can always look up that tax form and there's instructions with it. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it's just easy to do like a fine, you know, like a search within those instructions. If you're wondering like if something's deductible or um, because, you know, they write out instructions for every single line on that tax form. So a lot of times that's what's, what I'm doing. I'm just like, okay, what's the, you know, how did the meals deduction change or whatever it is? And I'll just search on the tax form and get my answer there because then I know it's directly from the IRS. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I've been doing a lot of TikTok videos and a lot of these basic concepts like the home office deduction or, you know, how a write-off really works or a deduction. A lot of people don't understand how a deduction is different from a credit. So I tried to break down a lot of these concepts um, on TikTok in short videos. So that's another resource. Cool. (laughs) Bite-sized. Bite-sized. Is there a difference between bookkeepers and a tax accountant? Can they be the same person? Should you have hire separate individuals for that? Yeah, um, there is a difference. So the bookkeeper is doing everything. So they're doing a lot of the data entry, right? They're entering mm-hmm. in all your transactions. They're organizing them into your books so that you can run reports. And then those reports get used for tax preparation. So and then the t- usually a tax preparer is, is just doing the tax preparation part. So they're taking the reports, you know, filling out the forms and filing for you. 
Um, there are firms that do both. So you could find a firm that is doing everything from all the bookkeeping and the tax prep. More typically, it's separate. So you have people that are specialized in bookkeeping, and then you have people that are specialized in tax prep. Um, I personally kind of think it's nice. I mean, there's different arguments, right? Some people think it's nice to have it together because then it's a holistic look at your books. Um, some people think that you have more expertise when it's separate. It's kind of like marketing. Like you wouldn't want to go to a marketing firm that does everything. You know, mm -hmm. you might get a social media manager and you might, you know, go to someone that develops websites. Um, so I kind of fall into the camp of it's nice to have it separate because um, then you have someone that's just an expert in QuickBooks. They're an expert in bookkeeping. There's a lot of nuance there, you know, so they know it inside and out. Yeah. Um, or they know the tax law inside and out. Yeah. Um, that might've been a long, long-winded answer. To that. No, it was, I was processing it for a second because <laughs> I'm not just the interviewer. Like I'm interested in these things. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's good. Um, I do. I, I am curious about um, because it's just difficult to, to find good information on online about this, about the tax benefits between like an LLC and an S corp. Cause we're talking about small businesses. So yeah. Um, are, are there benefits back and forth pros and cons between them? Is there a reason why you would be an S corp instead of an LLC? Um, yeah. can you break that down for us? Yes, absolutely. This is so good. I'm glad you asked this. Um, so an LLC is not a tax structure. It's just a legal structure. So okay. it is protection from it's protection for your personal assets. So if someone were to sue you, they can't, you know, it's harder for them to touch your personal assets. And that's mm -hmm. why people become an LLC. Um, so never a bad thing to become an LLC. Now, as an S-Corp, S-Corp is a tax election. So you can be an, you have to be an LLC or some other structure first. And then you take this S-Corp tax election, which means you're treated okay. a different way for tax purposes. So you can be an LLC and then take the S-Corp election. And that's mm -hmm. what a lot of people are doing now because S-Corp has certain um, tax savings benefits. Now, where a lot of people are getting into trouble is everybody tells you to be an S-Corp. Like you probably, you know, if you're looking it up on Google or you're on TikTok or wherever you are, um, everybody's like, get in, be an S-Corp, you know, tax savings potential. But you, it has to be the right time for you. Mm -hmm. With an S-Corp, you're required to pay yourself, um, they call it a market salary or reasonable compensation. So that means you have to pay yourself a salary that you would make if you worked for another company. So if you're just going to go out and get a job, what would they pay you with your credentials, your expertise, everything, right? What would they typically pay you? You have to pay yourself that salary as an S-Corp owner. Mm -hmm. After you do that, you can also take distributions on the business to pay yourself. So you're basically drawing money out of the business and that, that money and your, your leftover profit are exempt from self-employment tax. That's where the tax savings come in. So self-employment tax is 15.3%. So a lot, a lot of tax savings there, but you have to make enough profit that you can comfortably pay yourself and then have profit left over where people get in trouble is they, that maybe they're making like 40, 50,000 in profit, but then they need to pay themselves like that reasonable salary. So then there's no profit left over once, once they pay themselves. So they're not really getting any tax savings. And then you're just going through the hassle of being an escort. There's certain things you have to, you know, administrative things you have to do. So it really needs to be the right time to become an S-Corp. But if mm -hmm. you are making good profit, yes, be an S-Corp because then pay yourself, distribute the rest out. And then that, that money, that distribution is exempt from self-employment tax, which is great. So 
that's, that's where I think it's just important for people to understand like when, you know, timing wise, when they should become an S-corp. Yeah, that's news to me. That's really good advice. I know that when you organize an LLC that you have a window where you can elect to be taxed as S-corp or C-corp or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that window, I mean, after that window, I mean, it could take a year, it could take two years, it could take three years or more for you to get to a place where you could actually make money from organizing S Corp. Is yeah. there like, is there like a, a a form that you submit to be treated as an S Corp without like yes. reincorporating your business? Yeah, there is a form to take that S Corp um, election, mm-hmm. and it's good to have like a either a tax accountant or an attorney file that for you when you get to that point. Cause you want to make sure they understand your business. They've advised you on it and then they can make that. Ele- it's a easy once you make the election. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can run as an LLC pretty much until it's the right point to be an S corp. And then you just make that election and you can get treated as an S corp. Did I answer your question? Yeah, you did. You absolutely did. Okay. On the LLC. I know that. L- so it is, you said it's a legal structure. It protects you. I know that, some especially people that are like solopreneurs, whatever, mm-hmm. they'll 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 form an LLC and then things will be a little bit messy between their personal finances and their business finances. Yeah. And it is possible to my understanding for the veil to be pierced as it yeah. as it were. Yeah. Um what are some some good rules of thumb to keep things properly separated so that you are actually protected by an LLC if you yeah. find yourself in legal trouble? Yeah. Um, we talk about this a lot with our, um, real estate clients because, you know, you're owning real estate, you set it up under an LLC and there's always a risk that you could get sued and they could try to take your house or, you know, things like that. So first step, of course, set up the LLC. Um, if you have multiple businesses like real estate properties, for example, have them under separate LLCs. So they're all, each one is separate. Um, that's a good thing to do. Get your business and your personal very separate. And that's, I think what you're speaking to. Um, there's like a co-mingling of personal and business expenses. Maybe there's like one account that people are using. Don't do that from the beginning, set up a business, a separate business account. So it's, you know, under the business's name, it's only got business expenses in it. And your personal stuff is very far away. You never want anyone to be able to trace like your personal life. Um, So anything you can think of that keeps that separate is a good idea. You know, like have your LLC have a completely different name from your personal name. Um, What else do I see? Um, Are there, are there pitfalls for business expenses? Like say that you, you have a contract, you need to travel for the contract. You're there for three days, but Business expenses is for a week and, yeah. uh, you know, you kind of take a little bit of vacation on the tail of that. I mean, is there some yeah. problems there, potential problems? Like are the IRS looking for things on to flag on that front? They are. Um, travel is a highly audited sector because people take advantage of it. Um, mm-hmm. All I can say there is document the heck out of everything. You know, if you're, you're going to go for business and maybe you're going for a conference, um, save your conference receipts, you know, be able to show you were there for a conference was three days or whatever it was and all your meals and all the expenses going on during that conference are deductible as business expenses. Um, and then maybe you stay behind for a couple days. So just, you know, save your receipts for that, make a big notation on it. You know, this part was personal. I'm not deducting that. 
the IRS wants to be able to follow your train of thought and see clear documentation for it. That's what they would ask for in an audit. So just be very, you know, above board about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I mean, really all you can do is document. They would dig into it if they were auditing you. So if you can show like this is clearly a business expense, then they're going to be, you know, pretty happy. So. So so there's like buying office lunch and stuff that also classifies. Yeah. Meals are a little tricky. Um, If you were buying lunch for your team, that's fine. You know, they're at the office and you're buying lunch for your team. That is a, you know, business Mm -hmm. deduction. Um, I think what a lot of, it gets a little messy when business owners are like, if you're a solopreneur and you're, you know, you go into a, maybe a WeWork space and, and then you grab lunch during the day. A lot of people will try to deduct that. Um, you can't do that. You actually have, a, have to have a business purpose for that meal. So if you went and met a supplier or, you know, a client or someone like that, and you took them to lunch, totally deductible. You can't just like treat yourself to lunch because you happen to be at work. <laughs> of course, and, you know, and a lot of people do, they're like, well, I'm working and I have to eat, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, and when you travel, it's different because if you, if you have to travel and you have to be away from your home, then usually you can deduct those expenses because you're on a business trip. So that's yeah. a little different, but yeah. You're sort of on the clock all the time. Yeah. I mean, it, you have to be away trip. for business. Yeah. You don't really have a choice to like eat at yeah. home or anything, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I, that, that makes sense because when you go and you go and eat lunch at a normal job, you're, that's break. Like you're not yeah. on the company's dime right? as a sort of an idea, like a framework. Mm-hmm. Um, what if you ordered in <laughs> and had a single person and had a single person lunch office lunch? Yeah, yeah people ask me that. They're like, "Well, I did DoorDash, and I was at my desk." Um, not really. It still has to be okay. like a, a business purpose. So you're like yeah. conducting business at your meal. Okay. Uh, but one thing that's really nice right now is there's a hundred percent business meal deduction, 2021 and 2022. So the rest of this year. Um, you can deduct 100% of your business meals if they're from a restaurant. So mm-hmm. again, it has to be a business purpose with the meal, but usually that deduction is 50%. So right now you're getting to take advantage of 100% of the deduction, um, which is nice. And that will yeah, that's nice. be expiring soon. Awesome. Cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it sucks about not being able to order in, but whatever. <laughs> well, just have a business purpose. Like if you're at a business meeting and you can't get away, yeah. you know, then yeah. absolutely. Or you're like on the phone with the, you know, a vendor. You're having like a Zoom meeting. I think you could probably get away with that because you're like, you have to be at your desk. You're having yeah, that's pretty meeting. common. But if you're a solopreneur, I don't think you can, you're not going to be able to explain that very well. <laughs> yeah. I had a, a, a client that was like, well, you know, I... I can't eat healthy. He had like a whole really complicated explanation. It was like, I can't eat healthy if I'm on the go and I have so much work to do. So I have to get my food out and it has to be healthy. So like have to deduct it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you can try to explain that to the IRS. <laughs> They're probably going to be like, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been really insightful. Uh, where, where can people find you? Where, where do you, what do you want to plug? Yeah, they can find me beamfinancialgroup.com. Um, that's my website. So always can send me a note through there. I'm on TikTok. That's my biggest social media platform these days. Um, you know, yeah, send me a note through my website. It's probably the best way to reach me. I love to answer questions or chat about anything. I can attest to that. I emailed you and you got back to me like the next day. So that Good. was cool. <laughs> that was awesome. Doesn't usually right. happen, but <laughs> it did this time. Yeah, I like to be responsive. There's a lot of accountants out there that are not responsive. So I try to try to not be that. 
Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. Maybe we can do this again sometime. Yeah, that would be great. This was really fun. Thanks for having me. 